Hi everyone, uh, welcome back to my dynasty diary. I'm Eric Lynn. I'm uh, newly inducted into the family at DLF, uh, where I'll be contributing where I can to their excellent uh, content output. But moreover, I'm a fan, a player, full-time consumer of all things dynasty. Um, I know I'm not going to produce any new metrics uh, and a fancy den like uh, P P Peter, Howell, Peter Howard or anything like that. Because uh, we've got plenty of good guys out there doing that kind of stuff. I'm not going to tell you how good guys are on film because uh, based on my Kelvin Harmon love, that went horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd rather bring in guys that uh, out there that, are, that bring out the best content in the community or, or the big best brains in the community um, to share with you. And basically, this is a good opportunity to to uh, take advantage of our good nature and uh, get some info and load on for myself. Um, so I'm trying to bring in people that add to the knowledge that I want to my dynasty diary and hope that can add to yours. Um, so let's get down to the next episode and, and, and introduce my guest tonight. He's uh, no stranger to your ears. You can hear him all over the shop, um, how he manages his player portfolio in Dynasty Wall Street. Uh, with Kevin Cotillo, and he's part of the Dynasty Game Show and Dynasty Game Night with Matt Price and Russ's big involvement out this stage as well. Um, he's another mad scientist commissioner um, out there whose who's knowledge is akin to anyone uh, and the po in the podcast, la podcast landscape. And he's a big part of the Fantasy Cares team, helping out Scott with the fishbowl, uh, running the limiters, and during the year, I like doing best balls for goprentry.com, which is, um, John is a big man on charity, just like myself and just like a lot of you out there. Um, so it's John Bosch. So welcome, John. Hey, thanks for having me. That's uh, a heck of an intro there. It's, I sometimes think maybe I'm doing a little too much in this stuff. <laughs> maybe people do hear me a little too often. Even uh, though none of my shows seem, none of my shows record regularly, though. So that's, that's, probably, that's probably a good thing. There's a lot of people out there who can't get enough of you, Janet. Uh, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so we're in a funny in the funny season. This it, we're it's in the funny season. Most season off seasons like uh, trying to get ready for the the new NFL season. But uh, we're in a really funny this season this year with uh, the whole COVID nineteen debacle and plague on everybody's lives out there. Um, it's ruling our life every day, so we're putting on masks, having <laughs> to keep our social distance. Thank God for Zoom for a lot of things at the start. <laughs> at the start. It's, get, it's getting us through. I have a couple Zoom auctions coming up. That I'm, <laughs> oh I, I never would have thought I'd be excited about like doing a live auction not with people, but uh, I will be with people, but not you know in the same room, drinking beer and having fun with them. We'll be doing it over a computer uh it'll still be fun it'll be a different kind of fun but i'm looking forward to it because it's you know something to do so usually this is the time of year we're all getting extremely excited but i think more and more people are getting a little bit seem the sense i get is people are actually getting more nervous right now than excited yeah it's kind I, of probably scary. not the wrong not the wrong way to be uh, i'm a little nervous right now about if there's gonna be a season or not so we shall see i think we're all thinking the same boss. Um, 
especially when you look at the opt-out, it's only been a few days there now since we've seen people starting to opt-out, but no real, real big names yet. Damien Williams probably is the biggest fantasy impact so far. Like, um, But there's a few guys on the COVID list, all right, like a couple of lines under, TJ Hawkinson and um, Kenny Gall day today as well, under. So yeah. they're going to be... They'd probably be okay, like I'm back in time for a season if we're going to have a season, but it's kind of yep. scary, all right. Um, so there's no doubt it'll affect how our dynasty seasons are going to play out, depending on whether we're going to get a full season, the part of the season, or any season at all. Um, but you're a commission, a lot of leagues out there, um, and you've set out your style, like I've got all the email notifications and all the messages <laughs> <laughs> um, saying, Right, this is the way it's going to be, and that's great, you know. Like, it's just this is it, there's no no arguments over it. This is how yeah. it's going to be. Um, but would you, how would you advise other commissioners out there to address things? Is it best to do it now, like get it over with, uh, rather than adopting a, a wait and see? Oh, yeah, yeah, De- definitely. For me, I, I you can't make an adjustment in season. Uh, I mean, you can. But we, I might have to still, uh, but I've planned and I've said, like, this is where we're at right now. If something I can't even foresee happens, uh, then we'll have to adjust at that point. But I've tried to, I tried to lay out, you know, multiple scenarios. And my best recommendation for everybody out there is go listen to the Commission Impossible uh, podcast that we just did on this. I'll touch on it right now, but I don't think you want to do another, like, that was, it was like two hours or something. It might have been more. It was an in-depth discussion uh, with Scott Fish, Ryan McDowell, Dan Myler, Nathan Powell, Matt Price, and me. And we talked about so many different issues and so many different options. And that's the thing. There's a lot of different ways to handle this. Um, I don't think there's any one way that's the best way. So it's really hard to tell everybody, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. Every league is different. Um, every commissioner's relationship with their owners is different. The biggest thing is communicating it. Set up your plan. Let everybody know. For me, I didn't make it a democracy because if you make everything a vote, somebody's going to get mad. <laughs> so my approach for stuff like this has been more and more my approach on this kind of an issue. You know, some issues, you know, do we want to change the scoring? Yeah, vote on that. Like that's, that's simple. It's cut and dry, yes or no majority rules, whatever, or two thirds, whatever you go with. This issue is a little bit different. Um, for me, I just wanted to lay out a plan. And then I presented it to my leagues. I did say, you know, if anybody sees any glaring weaknesses or something missing, like, please let me know. Um, it's, you know, in some parts aren't even set in concrete because at the time I laid it out, we didn't really know uh, what the NFL was going to do with like putting guys on IR. Now we do because it's going to be short term, which is amazing. We didn't know what my fantasy league is going to do at the time. Now we do. Uh, you'll get to place those guys on IR. So like they made that part so much easier for me. But even when I did lay out my plan, I knew that was going to happen at some point, but I didn't know what the variable was going to be. So I couldn't really even begin to define that part. I have now defined that <laughs> in all my leagues. So use the information that you have, figure out some of the key aspects. For me, the, the key things, one, it's money. <laughs> uh, what, it, what are you doing with other people's money? Are, are they going to get it all back? Sometimes you're going to have to pay a league fee if it's not refundable. My leagues, for example, give a good amount to charity. 
I'm not taking that money back from charity. Uh, so I had to define like how we are, what are we going to do with all this money that's been collected for 2020? If we get no season, if you get a part of a season, if you get to the playoffs, but you don't consider, you don't get a champion, like there's a bunch of different scenarios. And so you have to look at your league and figure out what you're going to do in these, all, all these, what could possibly happen. Try and plan for it. Again, there might be something that happens that none of us can plan for. I, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what I, can't know that's that's a problem uh, but everything that i can try I, I try to plan for so money's a big one future draft order how do you determine that one you've got to figure that out you have to have that defined before the season starts if you wait until you're half so let's say we get halfway through the season and it gets canceled no matter what you come up with then people are going to have a lot stronger opinions then because they're going to know what the end result is like Right now, if you put out your plan, people don't know what their record's going to be. They don't know how many points they've, they're going to have scored. They don't know what trades they will have made to acquire picks right now. If you wait till the season, if it gets canceled in the middle of it, if you wait till then to try and develop a plan, you've gone way too late. And at that point, people are going to be upset. So that's another big one. Um, I feel like, give me a second, I think there was – three big ones what was the other one i forgot i said them out loud earlier <laughs> uh yeah, yeah but definitely on the draft order like we, i made the decision before this year's draft to nail that down like and uh i think curtis patrick was the most the most um most why would you say the most uh accepted version of how we do next year when i put it to the league and as i wanted to this part, I wanted to have a kind of a, a consensus rather over everything else. So we're going ahead with if there is no season, then we're going to start at the draft order by a lottery, but then we're going to split it into two tiers and we're going to base it on how somebody evaluates the rosters. I actually put it put in the thing that it would be somebody like John Bosch would evaluate the rosters. <laughs> No, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Cause I'm bad at that. Uh, you gotta go with, I would recommend not doing something subjective. I would say use, use like the uh, DLF trade analyzer, use the dynasty trade calculator, like use something completely independent. Generic. Uh, I mean, and, yeah. Yeah. Generic something that's, I mean, it's just as subjective as anything else, but it's at least subjective in a way that's not like one person's opinion. Uh, <laughs> Because for me, like, oh, God, no, don't ask me to do that. I will not be able to evaluate rosters up to – the other thing that I was thinking was the IR issue, which I did oh, yeah. actually talk about. So those are, those are, like, the three main things I think – within every league, there's going to be other little things that you probably have to address. But like, those big three points have to be addressed by every commissioner to every league now, mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> I mean, we're in a period now where we are seeing players opting out people have that player on their dynasty roster and they need to know, am I allowed to put this guy on my IR for the entire year? Is this going to use up one of my IR spots all year? Am I going to get more IR spots? My recommendation, I mean, I've recommended just unlimited IR. Yeah. Makes it real easy at this point. Like why bother? Don't, don't fight it. If people, if people have 10 guys that, you know, are on a 10 day IR, who cares? Let them put them on IR. It's, it's really not the end of the world this year. So unlimited IR for me, Anybody that opts out is allowed to be on IR all season. Anybody on the 10-day COVID list is allowed to be on IR. You know, they'll get the IR designation from MFL. So 
That means you can go on IR. That's to me, the MFL, the NFL and MFL made it very easy for us to actually process what could have been a real big headache, <laughs> yeah. but they made it, it got so simple. And I, I believe I, I shouldn't say just MFL because I, I think sleeper actually did say that they have. Yeah. I saw the Scott thing. tweet note that sleeper yeah. started. Okay. It so is look good at your provider. It, yeah. I mean, it's going to hopefully everybody adjusts. I haven't looked at the redraft sites yet, but I assume every site understands like, yeah, we better make sure we have the IR stuff covered this year. <laughs> make it easy for users. Yeah. So if you're a commissioner out there, you, you really need to think like, you know, just get through this day. Just get through this year. You don't need to worry about uh, keeping the waiver wire active or anything like that. Just get the, get yeah. the IR designation down. Waiver yeah. is going to be active and if people are going to be keeping going on yep. they are. It's just um, going to be a different level of talent getting picked off of it. Instead of the wide receiver five that you're pulling up, you yeah. might be going wide receiver six or wide receiver seven deep on a team. Somebody's always going to have it there. Somebody's always going to have an increase in value whenever somebody's missing a game. Yeah, so. there's going to be a lot of UDFAs getting fierce value during the season. Like <laughs> DFS is going to DFS is going to be real interesting this year. Man, some of your leagues are going to be fierce, interesting. The ones where you have different uh, versions of <laughs> your best ball DFS. Kind of, uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting how how people are going to play that. Um, Bottom line: communicate with your leagues and do it now, sooner rather than later. Don't wait. Big time, big time. Um, so we're talking about waivers being active with players that a lot of people mightn't know about. Um, so I think. Uh, Everybody out there knows that uh, if you're in a startup or whatever, you can uh, nail down the QB position to get people to come to you, like in Superflex, like you know, be the be the one-stop shop for QB and build your roster in a few years from there, like getting getting first value. And so again, with COVID, like it's gonna likely that some of the starting quarterbacks out there are gonna find themselves landed on a, a COVID list, or I don't think any of them are gonna opt out, but. Hopefully not. Um, but there's going to be a, lot of, be a lot of backups finding fierce value out there in Dynasty rosters. So um, hopefully no, none of them will get sick and every, everything will go fine. But uh, is there anybody out there that you're kind of targeting like uh, as players that might find a value next season? Yeah, and I, I will say real fast that I don't always leave a, a startup auction with a bunch of quarterbacks, <laughs> but I definitely try to influence the quarterback market. I bid hard and I bid heavy on quarterbacks. I don't always win them, but uh, I do my best to, like you say, I might not corner the market with just uh, all of them being on my team, but I definitely try to drive the value of quarterbacks. Make the market. So, yes, I, I, that's, I think that's a good way to, good way to look at it. Uh, as for specific backups that I'm targeting, I don't have anybody really specific for this year that I wouldn't have for the past years. Like I don't really care about getting like Tom Brady's backup. I don't really care about getting Drew Brees's backup, although he's uh, kind of interesting this year because it's famous. <laughs> but I mean like, you know, those are quarterbacks that typically play. <laughs> they play. <laughs> I mean like they from what I recall, they don't have injuries as much. So, uh backup quarterbacks, I will take all of them. <laughs> I will take whatever <laughs> one I can get in Superflex. I definitely try to stock my rosters with backup quarterbacks in Superflex, even if even if the only ones I could get would be Drew Brees' backup and, or, you know, I should say Jameis Winston and Tom Brady's backup, which I don't even know who it is yet, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of the name. Um, but, like, I, you know, 
any of those, any backup quarterback in Superflex, I'd love to have him on my roster. The second that they get a starting job because of injury, because of mm, somebody Mitchell Trubisky-ing, we can call it for fun, the second somebody gets into that position, they have value. And I, I immediately try and flip them for whatever I can get. I never try to get some backup quarterback that I think is going to become a star. So as soon as they have value, I will trade them. I think holding on to them because they got a starting job and hoping they get better, uh, that seems like a losing battle. Right now I think we have, what, Gardner Minshew is the example of it. Like, yes, he is, and he's got way more value than he did, you know, before he got the job. But, again, I personally I don't feel super confident that he's the future in Jacksonville. Oh, don't tell Bobby that. I know, I know. Me and, Bob, me and Bobby talk about Minshew all the time. But, uh, you know, like that's the kind of – that's the rare exception. Not a lot of quarterbacks get the job, win the job, and then have the job forever. That's just not not really how the NFL seems to work. Backup guys rarely come in, take over, and then become a productive fantasy person for years to come. It's just – so for me, when I get a backup quarterback that has some value – I immediately trade that backup quarterback. So I will take any of them because right now they're all, especially this year, you have no idea which ones are going to end up having some value this year. My guess is we have more quarterbacks play this year than we have ever had before. Uh, two QBs used to keep track, like a quarterback tracker. And it, it's, it's astounding how many quarterbacks play each year. I think this year we will break the record, even if it's just like one or two starts, like, there's going to be quarterbacks who end up being out for 10 days. That means their backup's coming in. And that backup quarterback, that's a position that just comes in and scores fantasy points in Superflex. I mean, they, they don't they, – they have a safe floor. So they have a nice value too when you can get them and then flip them to somebody, especially if uh, it's the other per, – if the person doesn't have their quarterback backed up. I'm not typically a handcuffer. This year I do kind of want to have like at least my quarterbacks backed up. <laughs> If I'm thin, like if I only have two, we'll call it like two and a half, because uh, some Superflex yeah. quarterbacks are different than others. <laughs> so if I have two starters and then one like, uh, like say I have Foles or Trubisky, like I don't feel great about that. Yeah. So we'll call them like two and having two and a half starters. I kind of want to make sure I have my my two solid ones backed up <laughs> at least, you know. So I'm a, I'm a little bit safer. So. Remember, like like last year, Kyle Allen like was a. A big guy that picked up off waivers and you could get a late second for him. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to yeah. be looking for this, this season, like trying to make <laughs> profit on whoever the hell comes off the waiver. Yeah, and look where he is now. Not, <laughs> but he's in Washington now. Yeah. Like, he's probably, probably not a bad backup to still have. Probably, he's probably a number three there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to pay yeah. a price for him, but there's a chance that he gets a game. So if I get him cheap. I suppose the biggest rest. name backup out there is kind of a, an ex-employee uh, of uh, a team in, in your area, whether you're still oh, a yeah, fan Andy or not. <laughs> Andy Dalton. Yeah, and he's like, got kind of four, double four indemnity on him, because he's got, he's got the backup for COVID, but he's got the backup for any contract disputes as well, really, like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I still have Dalton on a lot of my rosters. Uh, I haven't gotten rid of him. I, I don't plan to. Okay. I just kind of end up on my roster and be there forever if he never has value. If he ever has value, then I'll trade him. But right now, I mean, he has nobody wants him. So there's really no point in getting rid of him at this point. 
in season, he might have a little jump in value. And at that point, I will unload. I have him on a lot of rosters just because he's been cheap for like the last three years. So <laughs> I got my, I, I already got my investment out of him by the, by just being able to play him. Uh, and if I can get anything more, it'll be, it'll just be gravy at this point. The Bravers are still kind of cheap as well for a guy who's going to be playing every Sunday, hopefully. Um, and an offense that's, you know, supposed to be pretty effective with a line anyway, at least like in front of him. Um, is he a guy that you can see how long can he last in the league? Will it, will it just be one and done or will he, um, can he last do a Tom Brady in it? Who, I'm sorry, who was it? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Okay, that's what I thought you said. Uh, for me, Philip Rivers is basically a one year rental at this point. I don't think he's a long term solution. He's a guy I've tried to buy this year, thinking that he would be priced as a one year, uh, like a one year gap quarterback. I haven't been able to get a lot of him because I think people are still thinking he has two or three years left. I, I don't think that. So I'm not paying the price for that. Um, the shares that I have of Philip Rivers. I have not been able to get people to offer me more than like a one-year rental price. Uh, you know, and same with Ben Roethlisberger. Like both those guys right now, those were the two that I came in the 2020. While I love quarterbacks, I typically play my – I end up playing my my games with cheap, old <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger were easily my top two targets this offseason. But I think people ended up being just a little bit uh, – a little bit less – inclined to get rid of them and move to the younger you know you have to find the right roster when they're on a roster that's that's flipping and somebody that's basically shown the signs of going to the future then you can get Roethlisberger for really cheap and you can get Rivers as well but I'm having a hard time getting them from a lot of people that still think hey he's gonna put up QB2 season (laughs) QB2 weeks for me so I'm just gonna play him and I mean they're they're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly why I want to go try and purchase those two right now. But uh, I think it I might be a factor of the like. might be a factor of the leagues we're into, like where where people are all kind of uh, grouped in, kind of a uh, yeah, kind of... little little too little too sharp. I, I think I think some other leagues might look at those guys and just go, oh yeah, they're old. I want to switch over to somebody younger right mm. now, chase that youth. I don't chase the youth at quarterback because. That's expensive in Superflex. Oh, I don't have that kind it. of money. <laughs> I don't have that money. Talking about Sharp, um, one thing that's Sharp about you, and uh, it's something that I really liked and I, like, I kind of do myself, is uh, you do a thing like where you look at the value of players a year out, look ahead and say, look, this is what I think they're going to be. I don't mind paying over the top now to get to there like, because I know they're going to be worth this next year. I kind of do the same thing, and you actually publish it, which is even. I, I do. <laughs> put it. I put it out there for people to just rip me apart on. <laughs> so looking at this year, like, uh, what do you reckon? Like, there's a lot of players there that might opt out this year or whatever. Like, and how do you think that affects their valuation a year ahead? It's hard. It's a hard thing to probably um, quantify. But is are you going to make be making adjustments for that kind of crap? Oh. When I put this out, when I put this out, I had no, no idea about it. No, I, like one of the first things I do in the off season because it prepares me for like what I want to go and make trade, how I want to trade during the off season. I try to do it like right after the Super Bowl, you know, usually sometime in February, maybe March if I'm being lazy. I try to get it done. I try to, 
I try to ask myself the question, how will I value every player one year from now? So part of that is guys that I like, I'm going to value a little bit more, but I'm also part of the way I determine value is obviously what can I get for it, which is based on how everybody else is going to value. So <laughs> I have to try and blend that. Um, so there's some guys that I'm lower on because I just, I'm never going to pay the price for, for certain guys. So for me, I'm always going to end up being lower. So it's not really a ranking um, when I put this out. It's, it's more, it's not me saying this is the, the way that I think they're, this would be the best quarterback. This would be the second best quarterback. This would be the third best quarterback. It's who, who do I think will be the most valuable quarterbacks? I think some guys will, for me, who do I think I will value the most, I should say. So it's, it ends up leading me to come up with players that are within the same tiers uh, that I can target. The biggest example this year is I started thinking about 2021. Where do I think the tight ends will be? I have a decent amount of Travis Kelsey. Mm. I had a little bit of Mark Andrews, not, not a lot. <laughs> so I started as soon as I did, like when I finished this exercise, I went out and I traded some Travis Kelsey for Mark Andrews. That's a little bit because right now, Right now, Travis Kelsey's worth more, or at the time, back when I made those trades, he was. So I was able to get a little bit more. To me, I think their 2020 seasons are probably close. I think Kelsey outscores Andrews in 2020. So I, I don't think, like, the points flip just yet. But I think next year, back from then, so right now, we're, now we're about, you know, what, six or seven months from when I did it. Uh, Next year at that time, I think Mark Andrews will have more value than Travis Kelsey. So even though I might be giving up a little bit in 2020, I wanted to get a guy who's one. The first thing I do is look at guys that are one, his value is going to decline who in this tier has a value that's going to go up. Hmm. If I can make that switch at that point, that's when I want to do it. I don't want to wait till next year and then say, okay, well now I have to pay up from Travis Kelsey to get the Mark Andrews. I want to do it. I'll do it a year in advance. That way I get a little bit of value on the back end. And I think a year from now, I'm going to be really happy with those <laughs> trades. The only time I update it then is after the draft. <laughs> the draft changes a lot. I mean, yeah. the NFL teams tell us what players they like and what players they don't like. I would be silly to think that doesn't affect somebody's value over the next year. That's a huge, huge factor. What the NFL thinks of a player um, it's huge. I mean, they are telling us we like this guy. A lot of people in the NFL don't like to be wrong, which means the people that they choose are going to get a lot of chances to prove them to be right. So for me, the draft stock is extremely important. So I make one more adjustment after the draft. I go in there are guys that will move up and guys that will move down because that's a huge piece of information to me about how they are viewed by their NFL team. So that means I have to change how I think they're probably going to be valued in the long run. Um, and then that's it. I don't, I don't touch it again. So like right now I'd probably be a little scared to go look at it. <laughs> uh, and I did not, I mean, I, when I first did this, I don't even think COVID had gotten to the state. No, yet. So, no, no. I mean, it's, that wasn't, that's not even a factor. I can, no. I can't even imagine. I'm sure Damian Williams is actually on that chart at this point. He wouldn't even be on the chart. Cause like he has, there's no way he's, I, I don't see him having any value in the next 12 months. Oh, he's way down there. No, I wouldn't worry yeah. about this. Um, like he's going to end up on waiver wires. Maybe I'll yeah. add him to some rosters if he's literally completely free. 
because he's a running back and <laughs> running backs in the NFL uh, seem to get injured, seem to seem to get second chances and third chances. And like, you know, they get replaced, but they get retread a lot as well. Uh, I would take him if he's free, but that's about it. <laughs> but there was no way for me to have predicted that. Uh, kind of killed. You know, I, I had a, a couple of shares of him there, two or three shares of him, and he, they're dead now, basically. <laughs> I looked. I have just as much of him as I had of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, I guess in the long run, I'll, you know, all this does is like I, I kind of thought it was going this way anyways, that Damian Williams wasn't going to have value and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to have a lot of value. Now it just did it like that in a snap. Like it's just okay, yeah. we're done. All right. <laughs> you know what what I thought might take a few more months, it's done. They yeah. just didn't waste time. <laughs> but interesting thing about your tight end uh, kind of values, like uh, in the middle of Andrews and Kittle or and um, Kelsey you've you've Kittle. But uh he's kind of in contract talks now with San Francisco at the moment. Like do you reckon if he was on a different team, would it affect him? Like, really, like, his value? If he had to... The Kittle? He, yeah. Uh, I think Kittle is in the perfect spot for him. I think he needs to stay in San Francisco. He's their weapon. Like, yeah. I, I don't think he would flourish as much in an offense that has as many other weapons, or as a lot of weapons. San Francisco's got Kittle. Like, there's a reason he's a super... I think he would be fine anywhere. But there's a reason he's really good where he is. He is the focus. <laughs> like, that's that's something I don't think he could get at every single team. I mean, imagine if San Francisco had a running back that was, I don't know, better <laughs> than what they have. <laughs> a running back, like a. No, I'm kidding. Some people really like monster, whatever. Some people like you know <laughs> they have they <laughs> they have running backs. Uh, you know, I I don't think that his volume would be the same there's the argument that you know on a better offense his efficiency would be higher and that could that could very well be I don't want to take that chance in seeing it I want to see Kittle stay right where he is and be Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite guy to throw the ball to and just oh my gosh I pulled up the rankings just because I'm curious I did have Clyde Edwards Alaire yeah when I did this I had him at number five yeah. That that feels like I nailed that one. Yeah, but it's, let's it's see where Damian Williams. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be gross. He's done. Oh, I had him at fifty-one. Yeah. So I had, I had him basically just above Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. So <laughs> so I pretty much had him as dead in a year from now, anyway. But uh, well, that makes me feel better. I kind of thought I might have him a little bit, <laughs> a little bit higher. I didn't think I had completely written him off yet, but oh, I guess I did. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh man, looking back at this. Oh well, this will. Um, and then, I, like, I will look back on it a year from now just to see like how bad I was. Overall, I've done okay. Like, I've been, I have felt okay with it. Um, but what I really recommend people do: don't just trust mine. Like, that's not the whole point of me putting it out. My my point is, yeah, do do look at what I put out. Do your own. Um, yeah. But more importantly, that's it. This is my process. You do it for yourself because. What it does is it, it just changes how you view your rosters. You will look at some rosters that you thought were competing and be like, 
oh, okay, maybe even if I am competing a year from now, this roster's going to look really bad. Great. Which yeah. means you have to go one of two ways. You have to go all in and win. <laughs> or maybe consider starting the rebuild a year early when some of these players still have value and giving up that chance. Because, you know, that's, that's another thing that I try to do. I, I would rather start rebuilding a year early on teams. Like I started doing that in Pigs 3. I had a team that has been competitive. But I, you can see it aging. <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, I, I got second place a couple years ago. Last year, I think I made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but it's at that point, like I either have to push a lot harder to try and make that jump back up, or now is the time to sell off some of these guys because they're worth a lot right now. A year from now, probably not going to be worth a lot. So I had to, that's a tough pill to swallow. But I, again, doing this process. And then I look at all my teams based on this process and I kind of determine this team's getting a little older. This team's going to lose some value. It's time. Yeah, it's just to show even Damien Williams is a good example there. Like, because uh, if you're looking at this year, you might have him up there in the 30s, like up where somewhere around Mostert. Or, but like, look a year ahead, he's down to 50s and now he's basically done. But, uh, just yeah, I like, should have uh, listened to myself and just unloaded him for literally anything back then. I got an offer last week for <laughs> CEH, uh, straight up for Josh Jacobs. And I turned it down, trying to eke out. I wanted Jonathan Taylor. Because <laughs> uh, oh. he had him, he had, he had CEH and Taylor. And I just wanted it. He, he offered straight up CEH for Jacobs. And I said, no, I really want Taylor. I was humming and hawing over it, and now sure it would have been a no-brainer at this stage. I said, would have turned the trick, no bother. Um, yeah. But sometimes, uh, sometimes it works out when you don't make the deal, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I see Ch, Jonathan Taylor, and Jacobs back to back to back. Actually, in, uh, in my expectation for next year's value. I, I reckon Dobbins would probably jump Jacobs in there. I, I think he probably could. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Dobbins a lot, but I, I still, I don't, I'm, I'm one of those people that just, I still like Jacobs. I haven't, I haven't jumped ship on him yet. Uh, I probably will in a year. <laughs> I, I, I move on pretty fast from running backs. They, uh, they, they come and go pretty fast in value for me. All right. What do, what do we got next? I, it looks like you got some game here for us, huh? Well, you're, you're a part of dynasty game, right? <laughs> um, even though you tried to play down how good you are at the whole games, uh, even though Matt is probably fucking straight up like that's top, ridiculous, you know, ridiculous. Like he's not even low play really at this stage. <laughs> but uh, he's so terrible. I, I came up with a kind of a an auction value cliffhanger game. So I'm going to give you a couple of players that are um, based on the DLF auction startup value. Like you know, you got a thousand to spend. Um, you you've played in a load of these, or you you've a load of these startup options. So I give you going right. to give you a few players. We're going to give you a good leeway, like you know, we we'll give you fifty kind of dollars, like to to try and uh, keep it in, like over the five. We've got five players: there's a running back, two running backs, quarterback, a wide receiver, and a tight end, and see if you can try and keep it in the the fifty dollar range over the, okay. the five of them. So, um, first up anyway is RB1, Christian McCaffrey. What would you pay for him out of $1,000? Uh, 
Okay, and this is using right now, like I'm trying to guess what his average auction value is in a it's, dynasty startup. Yeah, dynasty superflex twelve team. Okay. Yeah. PPR. Uh, what would I pay? I would pay well. a lot more than his <laughs> average auction value. I would pay like thirty five percent. I would pay three hundred fifty <laughs> for him. Others will not do that, so I'm gonna say two hundred and seventy. Two three seven. Oh my God! People are, that's your ceiling oh. if you get in for two thirty-seven. That's still. I, I was. I was kind of close. That was kind of close. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It's. It's kind of. I'd be thinking Saquon Barkley range there to two thirty-seven. I would literally pay three hundred and fifty for him in a, know, in a twelve-team yeah. superflex. Oh man! So you've got yeah, it's twenty-three bucks thrown away. You only got seventeen bucks to go through for four players. <laughs> That's too tight. Yeah, I've done this tight. game before, and I'm never good at it because I always, <laughs> I always spend more in auctions. I man, I thought I came way down. Like the last time I played this, I've done this exact game with other people, and I'm never close. Never you close. Can, you can probably blame Edison Hayes. He probably puts all this <laughs> stuff together. <laughs> uh, next up is quarterback, and you know, so it's more. You know, you you pay for you pay for your quarterbacks. It's uh, Kyler Murray. He should be right in the same range as CMC. And you said CMC was 237, but I think people will pay a little bit less for the quarterback in a startup, even though they shouldn't. Uh, so I will say one. No, I'll go. I'll go 212. Oh, what, what were you going to say first? I was going to say with your, go with your first, gush. first. Yeah, go with your first gush. All you right, I'll go, one, I'll go 198 so we can keep playing. <laughs> 189. <laughs> oh, man. I was really close on that one. At least. Was like, for yeah. My first impression, but then I was like, no, 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 that's just too cheap. I can't go. That's insulting. That is so cheap. Oh, man. So you've got four bucks left in your pocket. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, I'll start. I'll start. Try. I'll try and nail one here on the head. <laughs> oh, it's going to be tough because it's going to be a rookie this time. It's a oh, there's rookie. no chance. <laughs> <laughs> rookie running back in Indianapolis, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Oh my god! <sighs> he should be less than Kyler Murray. Yeah, it has to be less than Murray. Yeah. 155. God, you got the doubles all right, like, but it's 144. <laughs> oh, I still don't feel bad at that. I mean, I was only off by 11 there. We can finish out your two positions. We may as well two more. Let, let's finish them out, see if I can get close. I can't afford them anymore. I'm broke, but let's see if I can still guess. <laughs> let's go with uh, Washington. Only option out there, Terry McLaurin. Washington football team wide receiver. Okay. These uh, wide receivers are well disrespected. Like in the yeah, they definitely do. I'm going to say 112. Oh, God almighty, you're way overpaying. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah, 63 bucks. Good Lord. <laughs> Go out there and get him. <laughs> oh, my God. This, I need to do – see, I, I did a few startup auctions last year, uh, like public leagues, and this is how they were. They were fun. Yeah. <laughs> is, I have some decent teams in those leagues now, and I'm looking forward to them. I really hope we have a season. This, Come I, on, season. God, this is the kind of stuff that made me do public auction startups because 
$63 from McLaren. That's, that's damn near free, people. Yes, that's yeah. insane. You should be up there to 100 I'm not, even, I'm not even like a huge McLaren fan. I mean, I, I like him, but I, I don't like him like some of people like him. Uh, wow. 63 yeah. of a thousand dollar budget yeah it's nuts <laughs> i'd pay i'd pay twice that <laughs> i paid well yeah over i'd pay a hundred plus i suppose yeah <laughs> uh so we have a tight end to finish and he's probably on the down slope but it's zach Ertz. oh my gosh Is he i mean if mclaren was only 63 so far you've gone down every time descending <laughs> order so i'm gonna guess he's less than 63 Be tricking you, man. Kind of a thousand dollar budget, like maybe you are. Uh, well, yeah, you could have just been going by positions too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm gonna say seventy five dollars because, like, that's bare minimum, crazy, ridiculous, cheap. Sixty eight, not too bad. Sixty eight, not too bad at all. <laughs> you gotta take that. I was hoping it was gonna be sixty nine. To be honest. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that's a bit of fun, but we'll keep going with the fun anyway because uh, we'll just forget about football for a second. And uh, I know that uh, we're big into TV shows and stuff like that, but uh, we'll get to that there in a sec. But I don't know about your musical taste, John Bosch. Um, so if you're stuck, you're stuck listening to something other than a podcast in your car or whatever, like uh, going out there <laughs> selling drugs to people. <laughs> uh, what are you listening to? Uh, if I, if, if I, so you listed it as Desert Island Disc. Yeah. Uh, my, if I can only pick one CD, I'll say CD, because that's, that's my age. Uh, it would be Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Melancholy. Siamese. Siamese nope, because Melancholy, Melancholy Infinite Sins is two discs. If I can cheat, if I can cheat, (laughs) if I can cheat, if if I get the double, then I'll take the double because that gives me more options. Uh, Uh, But if I can only, (laughs) if I have to choose only one, then I'm going Siamese Dream, I think. (laughs) But if I get the double, if I get a cheat, then I'll take the double because then I get twice as much. Uh, They're my, I mean, they were they were always my favorite band growing up. Like, so it would it would have to be them. But if like like just give me Spotify. Please, please give me Spotify on this <laughs> desert island. This is, we can't be stranded on a desert island in 2020 and not have Spotify. I mean, good grief. No, I, that would be terrible. I, yeah. I could, I would, as much as I would listen to, to one, music, one disc over and over and over, because that's all I would have. Oh, man, <laughs> there's so much good music out there now that I would, I would struggle. If I could, if I could choose a, a recent one, what I choose, what I listen to right now is uh, the front bottoms. I put them... That's I just type their name in on Spotify. Listen to them in their mix, and then occasionally little you know other songs that are similar, other bands that are similar to them. But those that's my go-to right there for music. Oh, um, and of course you know, and of course Disney songs with with my. Oh, well, sure, obviously, like you know. Um, obviously. <laughs> Anybody with kids, Disney songs are our number one go-to. <laughs> yeah, there I I can sing so many Disney soundtracks. They're they're a blast. But uh, Smashing Pumpkins are, I was supposed to be at the, the gig actually in Dublin. It was their last ever gig in Dublin because somebody died at the concert. Um, but uh, yeah, I was sad. It was one of the only 
they're probably the last band I, I kind of want to see live. Like, you know, I've uh, seen, I've seen everybody. I, I've else. seen, I've seen them like three times on their farewell tours. Like they, <laughs> despite the fact that they're going there, this is their last tour. seems to be their last for a while. There was like their last tour every other year. Um, which I'm was fun. That I, 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 <laughs> I still went. Yeah. Oh yeah. Billy Corgan's definitely still out there traveling with a band called smashing pumpkins. He might be the only one. That's the original member. Yeah. yeah I don't I, see that, I don't see Darcy Jenny back up and Darcy. Oh man. Darcy. Yep, yeah. He was something. Yeah. <laughs> um so we'll move on to something that uh we started off with Bobby Koch in episode one, like it was kind of like a, a pet peeve, like he does it in the whole <laughs> Superflex and everything as well. So every week we, or every month, seems at this stage, <laughs> we throw something into room 101. Like it's uh, something where you can just throw something into the eater and forget about it for good and all. So is there anything anything that really pisses you off like that you get, like to get rid of out of this world? Oh, this is one that me and Bobby talk about a lot. And it's it's slow walkers. Oh. But I won't even go slow walkers. I'll go a subset of slow walkers. I'll go slow walkers that then stop in the middle of the fucking walkway. <laughs> like that, I just want to just push them over. Like if you're walking and you have to stop, scoot over. Like it, it, I don't care where you're at, what you're doing. Just like take two steps to the right. Don't stop directly in front of people. Oh, it's just people that block walkways. Now it's even worse because like, you know, you can only walk certain directions in certain places. So now it's getting even worse. But like when you block a walkway, I just, it's always somebody that walks slow and then eventually they just come to like a stop. Just scoot over. So that's, that, that's like, that is of, of little tiny stupid things that you shouldn't get irritated by that irritate the hell out of me. That one's really high up there on the list. And slow walkers turn into slow talkers. So like they're gonna they're gonna block the yes. <laughs> Everybody just keep moving. Just keep moving. Let's go. Just let's get on to the real meat of the whole podcast. Forget about everything else you've talked about before. Because uh we're big Mike Shore fans, like uh yeah. Good Place, Arts and Rec, Office, the whole lot. Um so I'm just after a certain letter, Kenny, so you can't say that. Um, so I'm, if I'm out there looking for something to watch, or what are you watching right now? Like, because I know you've got good taste. So uh, new shows that, like, new shows I watch with my wife, and then I have my staples that I rewatch all the time because I don't sleep, and she does occasionally. Uh, my rewatch show right now, I'm I'm rewatching Scrubs, which is so fun. It's it's fun. I haven't rewatched. Oh, they have that a podcast too. I heard. I haven't. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Obviously, that's what spurred the rewatch. No, uh, I mean, it does. I, I do listen to that podcast because they're very entertaining. I like both those guys. Uh, but I, I've, I've always, this show's always been in my rewatch rotation, you know, along with Parks and Rec, The Office, Always Sunny, Letter Kenny, like, you know, those shows. I just always, I just flip through with them, go by, go rewatch them. Uh, new show, we just finished Upload, which yeah. was very, very good. Looking forward to another season of that, too, hopefully. Uh, we, we were a I'd little slow surely. in finishing it, but yeah, it was it was very very good. So mm. highly recommend upload. And so like we listened to the podcast too, like as you said, like the Scrolls podcast is there, and the Office Ladies one there. Did you hear the last one, the convict one? <laughs> I haven't. I so I haven't worked. I, I kind of took like July off because <laughs> uh, I because I, I was able to. It, they gave me the option kind of, uh, so I took July off. And I I don't listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm not working. But 
I do have to go back to work on Monday. I'm like, I really don't want to go back, but I have a lot of pod- <laughs> like, I, I get to listen to like, I'll get to like binge like three or four episodes at the office ladies. I'll get to binge three or four episodes of fake doctors, real friends. <laughs> like, and I'll get to listen to some, you know, some football talk. I'm sure it's all going to be depressing and COVID related, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get back into some listening to some football podcasts too. Well, I'll definitely uh, tell you to grab the convict first uh, in the office ladies queue. <laughs> it's very good. I think it's the best sure. one so far. Uh, it's the last one. It's the best one. Um, so uh, as uh, I started off uh, with Bobby Koch, and he was a big, tough guy on Twitter. Um, you're a big, soft Obviously. guy on Twitter. You know, you're just... You know, you know, big softy, yeah, fancy, sure. guy, fancy <laughs> cares guy. You know, <laughs> but uh, exactly, lot, yeah. there's a lot of guys out there on Twitter that uh, mightn't have the same following as yourself. Um, I don't know, even know what number you're at now at this stage. You're probably between five and ten, I'm guessing. Anyway, um, but there's guys out there under one k that mightn't have as much of as a following, um, but they're putting out good content, and you, you like interacting with them. Is there any anybody out there like that? With a shout sure. Out. Uh, a couple of people that I've only recently started following, but I've enjoyed my interactions with them. Uh, one is Jeremy Sh- Jeremy Schwab. Schwab. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a DLF writer and has a podcast as well that I, I went on and had fun interacting with him on the podcast and then started following him and uh, good interactions on Twitter too. He is uh, at, let's see, it's J-E- at J-E-R-S-C-H. W O B. I wrote these down to make sure I got them right. Uh, he got inside your head, one, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he got inside my head. <laughs> yeah, he, he kept trying to tell me that like value doesn't matter, and I'm like, value only matters. <laughs> but it's still fun to have the discussion. Yeah. I think it, I think in the I think in the long run we view value the same way because I use it as a weapon, and I think I think eventually that's kind of where we started. People, he doesn't like how some people view value. It seems I don't know something like that. Yeah. But I, I love how other people view value because then I can use it against them. That's, that's how you should use value. Uh, the other is, is actually at FF underscore leap of faith. Oh, uh, she's she's kind of new to, at least new, new to me. Um, I wasn't aware of her until, until about six I, she weeks ago. In, she jumped into some eliminators. Uh, that's how I kind of came across her. And we've started to, you know, she, she's fun to interact with on Twitter. Like she posts good stuff and she's entertaining. So I'll give a shout out to those two folks. Yeah, geez, uh, about six weeks ago, I've seen her pop up like in timelines the whole time. And I, I think mm-hmm. she's over at uh, Dynasty Happy Hour. It's a, a writer yeah. over there as well. So yeah, and Jeremy, yeah, he's going to get try and get you in, inside your head, as it says, like he tried to get inside <laughs> mine. So I shot him down pretty lively on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> it was an interesting conversation. Uh, um, but um there's a lot of people out there now that they're bored. They have to do what the hell they're doing. They're, <laughs> they're joining leagues left, right, and center. I'm sure Scott is delighted because uh, he's filling loads of stuff in safe leagues and all that. I'm but sure. eventually, hopefully they'll all stick. But for those guys out there that are, are starting out playing in fantasy, um, is there anything that you can pass on to them that you wish you knew when you were starting out? Uh, for me, I, I didn't know about <laughs> Dynasty and my fantasy league when I, I mean, I played just redraft and then I did a little bit of salary cap for years. Um, I'm only like 
four or five years into playing Dynasty, and I've been playing Fantasy since a lot longer than that, uh, <laughs> for over 20 years. Um, so I wish I had come across those sooner. I'm sure everybody listening to your podcast is, is aware of those. My biggest recommendation to anybody starting out, uh, play to your motivation. If your motivation is to win money in fantasy, find leagues that are, you know, high stakes and people don't really care about anything else and they care about the money. Play DFS. That's, those are ways to make money. If your motivation is to have fun, find a league with people that you enjoy, you know, like there, I mean, that's the biggest thing is know what your motivation is. And I have both motivations. I, I do. I like playing for money. <laughs> so, so, so I like to play DFS uh, for that reason. I like to play for fun. There's we're in some leagues where it's going to be really hard for me to win this league like ever, but I enjoy the people that I play with. So like, it's, you know, you've got to know what you want out of it. And as long as you do that, you're going to end up enjoying whatever you're doing in it. Yeah. I think it was like when uh, pig street started out, I think that was the most fun chat at the start out of a, a league that I've ever been involved in. It was just so, there's so many megalomaniacs inside that league, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that, was, that, that startup was, and I mean, all the pig startups have been that way. It's, Scott, hit, Scott hit a good formula with those <laughs> leagues. It's a lot of fun. And as you say, it's the people that are involved in the league that's most important because they're the guys that you're going to be talking to day in, day out, or trying to trade with or whatever the hell. Uh, so get out there, get involved, make some money, just like Bosch does every year. He pays for his leagues, I bet you. <laughs> that's, uh, that's always my goal, is to never lose. <laughs> so one last question before we go, because uh, I, can't, I can't leave this out, like Peter Gint uh, put it out there on Twitter, like, uh, what's your favorite German beer? Very important. Oh, so... so. I'm going to break Peter's heart because my favorite German beer is a Belgian beer. <laughs> Go next door. Uh, I am extremely partial to the Belgians. Uh, like those are, I, I do. I like German beer. I have plenty. I, I, sh- I probably should have actually looked up and found one. Um, let me see if I can find one that says it's from Germany. <laughs> I honestly, I think like most of these are going to be from Belgium because they're all triples and doubles. Ooh, what's this Monschaft? Is that from, is that German? Let's see. I did like this. I got a, brought a whole sampler pack of these. This one's from Germany. Monschaft. I don't know if I'm saying that right. out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mancha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it came in the cool bottles, too, so I got to keep some nice nice souvenirs. So I'll shout that one out specifically. But Belgians are my beer. And what's your favorite That's... Belgian story, Mazelet? Oh, that one's super easy. That one's right here. <laughs> that is the St. Bernardus Triple. Oh, my heavens. Like, <laughs> this good. is... This is the best beer I've ever tasted in my life. And every day I, I look forward to the day I get a return and drink a lot more of it. <laughs> like, so one day in my life, I will be back in, in Belgium and I will be drinking this beer along with several others, but this one for sure. <laughs> I, I learned a lesson in my travels over there. And like, if it's got, if it's a, if it's a label that has a monk on it, 
they, oh, it's yeah. probably good. They, like the, the monks, monks know they how to know, drink. They, yeah, yeah. They know how to make beer. It's just if you see a bottle with a monk on it, buy it and drink it. It's like everything else. It's like uh, there's a drink over well, it was Scotland originally or whatever, but a uh, Buckfest. It's a, another monk's drink. Like it's kind of like fermented wine. It's mm. blow your head off stuff. Like you know, you're drinking. Oh, yeah? really good luck. Like you know, if you're at a party, bottle of that. We'll see you in three days. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> What I what I miss I what I miss about I believe it was Scotland when I was over there was it was I think it was a restaurant called Pink's and it was so good was that Scotland can't remember if that was Scotland that it was like a maybe? pork it was a pork place and they they basically just I mean they they slaughtered a they slaughtered in front of us but they they had one pig like a day and they chopped it up and then like when they were out they were done because there was one day like we went to go get it. It was like yeah. twelve thirty. They were already done for the day. And they're like, "No, we're out. We're done." And we're like, "Oh no, we wanted it." I think it was pigs. <laughs> yeah. Should, but... I, see, that's the thing. Too many things run together. Maybe that wasn't in Scotland. I'll have to look it up. I feel like that was Edinburgh. Might have been Edinburgh. Yeah. No. It, sound, it sounds like a yeah. It sounds like somewhere I was <laughs> over did, but it sounds it sounds familiar, right? But, um... That's where we, of course, did the uh, the thing that. The, the stereotype thing, but we had to try it. Like the deep fried, was it a deep oh, fried Mars Snickers bear? or something? Mars Bear? Yeah, Mars Bar. That's, yes, that's <laughs> it. And it's like, you know it's a tourist trap because yeah. uh, they charge you so much for it. And like, this isn't really that popular, right? <laughs> but now that I'm here and like, damn, it does sound good. I'm definitely going to try it. And it's definitely delicious. <laughs> I don't know like why, <laughs> why a deep fried Mars, like why that, who who decided this is going to be a thing for to try and trap trip tourists with? But once they did, <laughs> it's really good. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll happily jump into that. And here's my money. Uh, it was good. Thanks. <laughs> oh my god! Like I can remember the weekend I was over there. I actually came home after it. I was with pneumonia. We had such a a deep dive headbanger of a weekend. <laughs> it was just. Beer left, right, and center, and ended up with pneumonia. So I'll never forget going to Edinburgh. That's one thing for sure. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we had a fun time there. Like we had, we 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 loved doing like in all the cities that we went to. We always did like the walking tours. Those were our favorites because I mean the people that are the guides are they're entertainers. Like yeah, you know they're good. They, and they know like they're working for their money cause they're gratuity based. So like if they're, if they're bad, they're not going to get paid. And if they're not getting paid, they're not somebody that stays in the job. So uh, like the people that did it, they always did such good jobs. And we had a, we did a, I think it was a haunted tour. Oh, the, the catacombs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah, was, yeah. was so cool. Like, they, I mean, <laughs> so, so much fun. Again, it's a stuff really that, cool stuff city, that I look yeah. forward to coming back, going back and, uh, and doing that kind of stuff again. So yeah, really I missed it over there. <laughs> One day I'll get to come back and see you. <laughs> so, yeah, as you say, someday you're going to come over in your van and uh, yep. park up outside. We'll watch Red Zone inside. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm in the middle of building a new house there over, over home at the moment. So we'll have plenty of room for you and your family there when, you, <laughs> when you get over. <laughs> Sounds good. Ireland is waiting for you, and um, we have plenty of good beer too. Like you know, it's not too bad. Oh yeah, I, I'm trying. I can. I was trying to think of the name of it, and I didn't go back through all the pictures because, but I know I have 
I know I have pictures. There was a, ooh, do you guys have, is, is it uh, Caledonia or something? Is that? Caledonia is more of a Scottish job, isn't it? Oh, that, okay, so that is Scottish. Okay. Is that Scottish? Is that the yeah, one from Scotland? Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. I'm trying to think. That was just... Uh, I suppose we're more of a, a stout and whiskey kind of nation. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually living down Middleton, like, which is the home of Jameson, like, so it's... Okay. We're basically swimming in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I haven't made my way to Ireland yet, but Scotland's as close as I've come. That's why I, that's why I bring up the Scotland stories. Well, Ireland we will make there one day. Yeah, and as I said... And I will definitely drink your beer. <laughs> there's no matter if we live in a fridge full of it. That'd be no fair. Thanks, John. And uh, I'm delighted to have got you on the podcast tonight. And uh, Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You're always a good guy to talk to on Twitter. And there's, there's no doubt he'll, he'll, he'll uh, answer any question you have. Or he'll if you're going to say something stupid, that. But whatever, there's no, no fear there. John is a straight up guy. So go and follow him at uh, John at John Bosch FF. He changes every t- every year, like this. He used to be Empire. no more, no, no more, <laughs> no more. I I made one change, and that's that's it. It's it'll be John Bosch FF now going forward. So he's serious FM or whatever. Like his <laughs> Sal got a job there and wrote of his there during the week. See that? So, I did. Congrats to Sal. It's yeah. pretty awesome. So he went to Salito FF and John Bosch went to John Bosch FF. So it's only a matter of time before John gets a big job. So there you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on, John. And we'll talk to you again soon here on My Dynasty Diary. Hopefully you'll join us and add a new entry to the diary. Um, But this is today's entry. We'll talk to you again. Thanks. Thank you.